Shalom, shalom, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original languages as a guide to help better understand some of the situations and some of the words that have been translated. So we are in Leviticus chapter 5 today, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. Let's begin. And I do pray, Father God, opens our eyes, ears, and hearts to his truth and his truth alone. If a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is witness, whether he has seen or known, if, and it says of the matter, those words are added in. Remember, in italics, if you see that, that's added in. If he does not tell it, he bears guilt. Now, <clears throat> the New King James Version Bible doesn't do a good job translating that verse, I will have to say. And let's go over here. I'm going to go over to my Hebrew Bible here really fast. And in fact, right now, I'm just looking at the interlinear one. And I want to basically rephrase kind of what it says. And this is from the NIV. And I don't typically like the NIV Bible because it's a translation of a translation. And there was a strong agenda to put a very antinomian perspective on the scriptures. But an antinomian means against the law in the Greek. But let's read chapter 5, verse 1 in that. If a person sins because he does not speak up when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something he has seen or learned about, he will be held responsible. That's a much more accurate translation. And when you look at the Hebrew words, which I won't read that to you now because you don't know it all, but it it really, it better goes with the NIV right there. So basically what it's saying is when you know somebody has done something wrong and you hear that they are investigating this matter, basically, and, and there's a charge brought against a person, you need to speak up. And if you don't speak up, then you are guilty. And it's basically like when you sit silent, you are part of the crime because you're not helping them bring the truth to light. And you're not helping the person who did wrong, you're not helping them to repent from their sin because you're not calling forward their sin. You're not pointing it out. So you need to speak up in those matters. If you hear somebody did wrong, or if you know somebody did wrong, you need to be a tattletale, basically. God says to be a tattletale, which is why I always hate when parents say don't tattletale, because that's actually unbiblical. You are completely supposed to tattletale. (laughs) You are supposed to expose the matters of wrong. Verse 2, Or if a person touches any unclean thing, whether it is the carcass of an unclean beast or the carcass of an unclean livestock or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and he is unaware of it, he also shall be unclean and guilty. And so that would mean like you couldn't go to the temple that day. So it's not like you sinned, but it's just you're unclean. You'd have to wait until you could change state from unclean to clean and you would have to wash with water, basically be baptized. Verse 3. Or if he touches human uncleanness, whatever uncleanness with which a man may be defiled, and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty. Again, what it's talking about, and we're going to get to that more when we get to like Leviticus chapters 14, 15 and such, but when you're unclean, you can't go into the tabernacle or temple. You would defile those those items, and so you had to be paying attention, and we have to pay attention to what we're in contact with, with what we're in contact. And before we could, you know, at sunset, before we could like enter the temple or anything at sunset, we would, by sunset, we would have to 
be baptized, so to speak. We would have to be washed with water. And so this baptism that we read about in the New Testament was not a new thing. And people who don't know the whole Bible miss this a lot. People were used to changing a state from unclean to clean by washing. And that's why John the Baptist's message stirred them. And they understood what it was a picture of. So they would go down to the Jordan to be cleaned as a spiritual cleaning because they understood the physical one that God had taught us about. So when we have the temple again, when Jesus Yeshua returns, we always need to make sure we are paying attention to this. And if we come in contact with some form of uncleanness, we need to be washed before we could enter his presence because we are guilty, so to speak. We are, we are unclean. Now, sorry, I had to get a sip of my coffee. <laughs> um, the uncleanness could be a number of things. So We'll read about those more in Leviticus, but I will point out, so it's talked about in verse 2 there, the unclean carcasses. But for a human, it could be um, a woman in her impurity, you know, during her period, her menstruation cycle. So it could be a man and a woman having relations. It could be um, somebody, you know, had had leprosy and then... They or they were sick, and you came in contact with that person. So anyway, there's a number of scenarios that that could apply to, and sometimes I just stop and explain that here because if it doesn't feel it applies, sometimes it doesn't make sense. So that's why some of these things I try to go a little slower on. Verse four. Or if a person swears or vows, basically speaking thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, whether it is that a man may pronounce by an oath. Whatever it is that a man may pronounce by an oath, and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty in any of these matters. Okay, so there's a story coming up in the Bible where a man vows that whatever com- if the Lord delivers him, whatever comes out of his house, he will sacrifice to God. And, of course, when he gets home, his daughter comes out and he sacrificed her. And it was horrible. It, it wasn't of God. It wasn't a good thing. It wasn't righteous or right. And it's right here saying... This, you're guilty. And then it's going to show us that there's a way to get out of that. It's, it, there is atonement provided. You have to confess it as sin. So what the man should have done in that story is said, oh my gosh, I, spot, I spoke rashly. I spoke thoughtlessly. Please forgive me, Father. And then he would have offered the, the sacrifice that's going to be can, uh, explained here in a little bit, which is ultimately a picture of Jesus Yeshua. But remember that, people. If you say something like, I swear I'm going to kill you, or I swear I'm going to do this. Be careful, because the Bible says, the, in the Psalms, it says, the power of life or death is in the tongue. It says we will eat by the tongue. James talks about the power of the tongue being unbridled, and it's so hard to control. And remember that Yahweh, God, spoke everything into being. Everything was spoken. It was with the power of the tongue. So what you speak, you do create. Now, I'm not this, these weird name it and claim it type, those type of false prophets. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, if you speak life and blessing and good, it comes to pass. You can give blessings. If you speak curses and negative and wickedness, that comes to pass. We need to control our tongues and we need to watch what we say. Much easier said than done. But right here, so many people, especially in America, speak so thoughtlessly. They swear they're going to do this. They, they vow they're going to do this. I vow I'm, you know, I'm going to do this. Be careful 
what you say and really watch your words because it is a guilt to you and you are guilty of sin when you do something thoughtlessly or in a wrong intent or heart. Verse 5. And it shall be when he is guilty in any of these matters that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. Notice the confession comes first. You have to realize it. Then you confess it as sin. It means you say, okay, Lord, this was sin. Verse 6. And he shall bring his trespass offering to Yahweh for his sin, which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats, as a sin offering. Okay, so a little tiny lamb, the female. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin. If he is not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring to the Yahweh for his trespass, which he has committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. Okay. And notice if you couldn't afford to to sacri- you know, to give one of your goats or your lambs, then you would give your two the two birds. It still cost you, however. And he shall bring them to the priest who shall offer that which is for the sin offering first and wring off its head from its neck, but shall not divide it completely. So he's not cutting it in half. He's just kind of opening it up, splaying it, so to speak. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. So remember, the sin in the, sin, in the blood provides atonement, provides covering. And so he's sprinkling it here at the altar, basically saying, Lord, Please let um, our sin, we lay it at the altar, and please let this blood cover that, which is obviously that blood of the animals not doing it. It's a picture and symbolic of what Yeshua was going to do for us and did do for us. Verse 10, And he shall offer the second as a burnt offering according to the prescribed manner. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin which he has committed, and it shall be forgiven him. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that God is so good and forgiving. But if he is not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he who sins shall bring for his offering one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a sin offering. So notice, it gets even cheaper <laughs> if you really are really poor. He shall put no oil on it, nor shall he put frankincense on it, for it is a sin offering. So it's kind of like the bare bones. This is, um, it needs to be the raw sin. The raw, I mean, there's nothing fancy on this. This is, you need to confess completely, just be bare before the Lord. Verse 12, then he shall bring it to the priest and the priest shall take his handful of it as a memorial portion and burn it on the altar according to the offerings made by fire to Yahweh. It's a sin offering. The priest shall make atonement for him for his sin that he has committed in any of these matters and it shall be forgiven him. The rest shall be the priest's as a grain offering. So notice here on this trespass offering, the priest gets to eat this other than the little bit that was for the memorial portion. Verse 14, Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, If a person commits a trespass and sins unintentionally or accidentally in regard to the holy things of Yahweh, so that means if you were unclean and you came into the temple or tabernacle and you didn't realize this and then you um, made them unclean, okay, that's what it's talking about, then he shall bring to Yahweh as his trespass offering a ram without blemish from the flock with your valuation in shekels, of silver according to the shekel of the sanctuary as a trespass offering. And he shall make restitution for the harm that he has done in regard to the holy thing and shall add one-fifth to it and give it to the priest. So, for example, maybe there was a, a, a ladle or a laver or a knife or something that had to be used that had to be consecrated and holy and you were unclean because of something and you went in the presence of it and touched it or defiled it, then they would have to replace that item. And so you need to add to it one-fifth for the extra time and effort of doing all this, plus you had to bring the ram. 
So the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. If a person sins and commits any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of Yahweh, though he does not know it, yet he is guilty and shall bear his iniquity. So even if you don't know you're sinning, you're still guilty. And I know that God has sent us the Holy Spirit to constantly try to convict us of these sins. And often we deaden the Holy Spirit by brushing it away, brushing it away, brushing his hand away and saying, no, I'm not guilty. No, I'm not guilty. But when you feel that twinge of guilt, accept it. Beg Yahweh to show you what it is and turn from that sin and accept it and then accept his forgiveness. Confess it, you know, you know, and, and, and realize that, you know, we can't do the sacrifices now until we have the altar again. But realize what, the, what these sacrifices were about. They were a picture of Jesus dying for you, Yeshua dying for you. So just be careful not to get into this Christian mentality that is often prevalent. Oh, you're not guilty anymore. You're not guilty. No, the guilt that we feel when we've done wrong is often from the Holy Spirit to trying to lead us to holiness and repentance and forgiveness. So don't brush it aside. It's a good thing. It helps us to get clean. And notice, if you sin and you don't know it's wrong, it's still guilt. Many, many people who start obeying the Torah feel bad for their loved ones that have passed and they want to make excuses. And they say, well, they just didn't know. Right, but they're still guilty. Because, honestly, there was no reason not to know. The Bible has stood here, been here for us to see and read. But our hard hearts have turned us from it. And so many times we just put a pasture between us and God and we listened to what that man or woman said and we didn't go to God, and we didn't go to his word. We let them take a scripture here or there out of context, mixed with a little bit of truth, and we let it satisfy us. That is not okay. Let's press in, and let's learn the truth for real. So that, like I always pray, I don't want to live another day in sin. Get all of my sins out of me. Show me where I'm wicked. To the deepest, darkest crevice of my heart, Lord, brush out the yakiness in me. Get it out. And I pray that for every one of us listening today. Verse 18. And he shall bring to the priest a ram without blemish from the flock, with your valuation as a trespass offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him regarding his ignorance in which he erred and did not know it, and it shall be forgiven him. So, okay, once he realizes it, then he still has to repent. That's in verse 19. It's a trespass offering. He has certainly trespassed against Yahweh. So here's the type of things, like, for example, when you're... When you're following God and then all of a sudden you learn for example that Saturday is the Sabbath not Sunday guess what just confess it as sin repent and turn back to him and be forgiven <laughs> and the same thing with wearing makeup or um, you know eating pork or or um, honor doing Christmas or Easter or any of the pagan holidays the most amazing thing is we can go to God and be forgiven we didn't know at one point that those things were wrong but when we turn to God, we learn that we missed the mark. And now, because of his grace and his son Yeshua dying for us, we can be forgiven. It's amazing. Awesome. This, remember, guys, these things were prophecies and pictures of the forgiveness that was coming. None of these things did the, the people who had, true, who, who had the Holy Spirit back then even, they didn't, know, they didn't think that the animal was saving them. They knew it was a picture of the cost of their sin and they looked forward to the Messiah, just as we look back to 
to what the Messiah did. Awesome, guys. Okay, have a blessed day.